Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 194th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Rebel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing great, Cameron. Um, normally, I like to think that we could probably do this podcast live. We usually do it in one take. Yeah. Um, this is like our third time attempting wow, the, just the, pod- everybody know. the podcast tonight, and uh, my eyes are a little damp from laughing so hard because we <coughs> attempted to uh, begin this podcast unsuccessfully a few times, but we're going to do it this time. Yeah, we've had a, a couple false starts now, and uh, we've got ourselves together, mm-hmm. composed, and we're just going to tr- truck de- on. We're going to yeah. deliver the goods. Yeah. Um, Kyle, have you ever thought about that? I just like... We our first and last names are just like out there for the world through this podcast. Just true. Does it freak you out at all? Not really. Okay, cool. We have a bunch of good people out there that listen to this podcast. That's true. Um what do we have to talk about today? We've got some new additions to the football team. We have we're gonna talk about we're gonna go deep into the Nick Saban Jimbo Fisher drama. Um but before we do any of that, don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube. We really appreciate that. And leave us a review on Spotify or wherever you listen to the podcast. And you can support the show directly through Patreon. Patreon.com slash Missouri Sports Pod. Um, <clears throat> Kyle, where should we start? Let's start actually with a, a nice lighthearted story. The Lawrence Bowers, Damari Carroll alumni game. It looks like the rosters for that are finalized. Have you been keeping up with uh, Lawrence Bowers' tweets or yeah, posts? Yeah, like, uh, it seems like there's somebody new every day that they're coming out with. And it's like... I think every player that's ever suited up for Mizzou football or basketball is going to be in this game. Everyone that's meaningful, yeah. <laughs> Just about. It's some pretty legendary... Shots fired at anybody not Mizzou's, in this game. Yeah, definitely. Mizzou star power for sure in this game. Um, I noticed that in the tweet... Uh, where he's like showing the rosters and says uh, Lawrence Bowers tweets uh, Team Carroll or Team Bowers what's your prediction Team Damari Carroll is 1-0 and so far parentheses 2017 <laughs> I, don't oh, need, wow. I guess I remember that happening but um, I don't know I don't think that should count right <laughs> it's like <laughs> you're kind of starting over here uh, so that's July 16th it is a pretty stacked list of participants both from the basketball and football side um, there's kind of like guys you would expect, like, uh, you know, Bud Sasser, for example, friend of the show. We know he likes to hoop, so it makes sense that he would be participating in this from the football side. Um, but I don't know. I guess kind of surprises me, like, William Moore, Corby Jones, Jeremy Macklin, um, Kentrell Brothers. Just, like, a lot of huge names for Mizzou football that you wouldn't necessarily be like, oh, yeah, of course, they play basketball, too. Yeah, they can play seven-on-seven seven after the basketball game. Now, that is a good idea. That'd be fun. There's, like, 30 guys going to be participating, so I don't know how I, they're all going to get two minutes of playing time. Yeah. But um, who do you think uh, who do you think's game will be sharpest this, you know, some of them quite a bit removed from their playing days? Right. <clears throat> I mean, it seems kind of, like, ridiculous to think about who could be the best player currently but like honestly i think it could p- potentially be jordan geist just because he's jordan geist my voice, my voice did a little quiver because i was fine. so scared to say it 
<laughs> people are gonna come after you for this take. Yeah, probably. I mean, honestly though, I mean Jordan Geist he's probably in his like prime of his playing career. He's I don't know if you guys have looked into what he's doing overseas, but he's putting over putting up some crazy numbers over there. He's been very successful um playing overseas, but um obviously Damari Carroll is a couple years removed from the NBA, so I'm sure he is gonna be just fine. Marcus Denman, he's not that old. No. Phil Pressey, those, those, guys, those guys are, are st- still playing. Yeah, yeah, are still relevant. So, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting. Um, I'm sure some guys will not be taking it very seriously, which obviously probably not, nobody really will. I mean, yeah. We don't need any injuries, you know. No, no, no. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ricky Paulding, Anthony Peeler, some just yeah. all-time Legendary. Mizzou basketball greats right there. Yeah. Um, it's almost impossible to, like, like how can you decide who you think is going to win the game like it's like is whichever team plays the better players the most if they try to like (laughs) make it even then it could as long as they should just put the uh, best basketball players in for like the last five minutes and let them really go at it that that'd satisfy me Uh, hopefully they figure out a way to stream this or something so people not in columbia can watch maybe worth making the trip in july but uh I'd be down to donate whatever, you know, 10 bucks or something to be able to stream it. That'd be pretty cool. Um, Kyle, have you been keeping up with the, the drama on social media between Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher? Oh, yeah. I'm all about it. I'm all the way in that drama. So for any of our listeners who, you know, are normal people and don't pay attention to stuff like this, Nick Saban was talking to donors or boosters or supporters or somebody, and he was talking about how uh, they had 25 players uh, earn a cumulative $3 million on last year's team, last year's Alabama team, from NIL deals. So he was kind of bragging about that to his supporters. And then he kind of took a a hard turn into talking about Texas A&M, and he said that even though... so. Maybe he was just, he's, I guess he's just salty because they were the number two recruiting class last oh, year. Oh, he's salty. And A&M was the number one recruiting class. But Saban made sure to point out A&M bought their players and Alabama did it the right way. Right. Which, what I does that even don't mean? Don't even get me started. I don't, I don't even know what he's talking about as far as the right way. I mean, I know Nick Saban, basically the whole entire time NIL has been in existence nick saban has been really grumpy about it i mean he's a little older Mm -hmm. and maybe not as accepting of new trends and stuff and also nil just seems to kind of level the playing field a little bit for guys that uh used to completely dominate the sport in recruiting so i'm not sure what he thinks is the right way i don't know if he just thinks he's a really cool guy that people want to hang out with all the time or something but now other people can uh pay players which i'm sure he has been doing his entire career which is just an assumption Right, but allegedly, just to yeah, randomly take a left turn into this Jimbo Fisher thing is hilarious, and I absolutely love it, and it's going to make uh, football season more fun. So then, Jimbo Fisher, like, basically holds an emergency press conference to talk about Nick Saban, and comes out and says, you know, you, Nick Saban is bad and is a bad guy, and he's a dirty coach or something. Look into his history. Yeah, like talk to the talk to the coaches that have coached under him. You know, they'll yeah. tell you everything you need to know. Right. Yeah, I just think it's ironic that he called a his own press conference 
to then call Nick Saban a narcissist. Yeah, exactly. Just to respond. He just decided to have a whole press conference just to respond to these. And if I'm in his position, first of all, uh, you were the number one recruiting class. So just say like, well, yeah, we are the best recruiting class. He probably didn't like that. So whatever. yeah, we, uh, we did something completely legal. Okay, but, Cam, well, let me ask you this. If you were to have a child I have in, the, one. in the future, yeah. another one, Okay. and I said, I will give you $5 million to name your child Jimbo, <laughs> $5 million, <laughs> would you do it? Probably. <clears throat> like, legal birth certificate named Jimbo? Yeah. Whatever. Okay. Uh, we don't have to call the child that. That's true. If, that's, if it's stipulated in the contract that they must be referred to as Jimbo... <laughs> By everyone their entire life? Yes, they must. That's more questionable. I don't think I could do it to the kid. <laughs> even if... <laughs> I'd be like verbal abuse. Even if you like... Even if I... Saved $4 million well, and gave it to the kid? I guess that kind of changes the question because now... Let me ask you this. Okay. Would you change your name to Jimbo <laughs> and everyone has to refer to you as Jimbo for the rest of your life for... Five million dollars. At this point of my life, I can handle it. <laughs> when I was in like middle school, I don't think I could have handled it. So, how do you think Jimbo Fisher made it through middle school with the name Jimbo? I don't know. Maybe he was just was Jimmy. It was a different time back then. He's what kind mean, of old. What do you mean by that? He's a little bit older. So, well, maybe, I know. I know what you mean by that. But uh, what do you mean by like? He, maybe Jimbo was a more accepted name. Okay, probably not. It's a <laughs> terrible name. The only person I know named Jimbo is a fictional character. It's one of the bullies on The Simpsons. His name is Jimbo. <laughs> but I guess. Well, anyway. Jimbo Fisher being a little bit of a bully. Yeah, I saw he, that uh, Spider-Man. Somebody posted the Spider-Man meme of them, like, pointing at each other. You know, basically, they're the same exactly. thing. Yes. They're the same thing. Yes. Just, and you guys are number one and two in recruiting. Like, you both cheat. You both pay players. Yeah. Have been for years, most likely, allegedly. Supposedly. Yeah. I, they, they just both come across completely out of touch, and they both come across narcissistic and full of themselves. And honestly, Jimbo, maybe even more so, the fact that he feels like he needs to have this elaborate response to what Nick Saban is saying. Like, who cares? I mean, it's just... Oh, we I care. I guess. I, I would just want to take the opportunity to kind of, like, point and laugh at them and right. be like... Oh, it's amazing. Just, like, silly old men who <laughs> just, like, have nothing better to do. I don't know. <coughs> this is football, Cameron. Yeah. I guess probably the fan bases for both sides just completely eat it up, though, and, you know, think that their guy is just the best for going after the other team. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, Coach Drinks at Disney World. That's true. That's got to make you happy. Oh, man. Just, <laughs> I love him. You're probably jealous that you're not there with him. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, somebody in our Discord server was joking about the fact that he's, like, recruiting Chewbacca to the football team what position would Chewbacca play on football defensive end probably offensive mm. tackle <laughs> yeah well yeah I don't know how I don't know how fast he is I was thinking tight end for a second oh he has elite he has elite foot speed you think the furry Lateral hands movements. would make it harder for him to catch a football though probably yeah he's not yeah he's not a uh, skill position for sure okay yeah get him in the trenches I agree yeah quarterback though maybe yeah. see over the defense true <laughs> Yeah, it's like uh, it's like uh, early two thousands NFL quarterback evaluation. Like, he's tall enough to see over the offensive lineman. We'll sign him up. Yeah. It's like Blaine Gabbert. It's like why he's in the NFL. He's tall. Hey, we don't tolerate Blaine Gabbert slander. Around here. 
Um, okay, that's enough of that. Uh, yeah, Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher, both of you, change your names, especially Jimbo. Um, we've got some news now of former Mizzou basketball players that have found new homes. Uh, Sean Duragordon has committed to Austin P after transferring from Mizzou, and Xavier Pinson has uh, he obviously it was at LSU last year and now has committed to New Mexico State. So he'll be joining another former Tiger, Deshaun Gordon, uh, for the Aggies. And that's kind of interesting. Like, in New Mexico State, oh, they were in the NCAA tournament last year. Mario McKinney was on the team. New coach. But they got a new coach this year. Yep. So old coach. It's invalid. Is now at Mississippi State. Yes. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who knows? I think they, they're, New Mexico State's new coach is like a long time uh, – division two coach or oh, they're trying that yeah some he is coach for a while at a lower level okay um but good luck to penson uh that'll be an opportunity for him to put up some numbers i imagine yeah i don't know i have no idea what kind of offense this new coach will run or anything but boogie coleman the return yeah right back to ball state where he started his career probably a better fit for him yeah hey he you tried it yeah Tried the uh, the old Power Five. Coaching staff did zero favors. In fact, the opposite of a favor. So, yeah, good luck to all of them. Uh, there was like a brief moment in time where the uh, Pinson reunion in Columbia looked possible. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I still would have liked that. It would have been kind but of fun. I do like to keep tabs on former Mizzou players, see what they've been up to, and, uh, you know, just... See if they made the right decision or if they could have helped the team or whatever. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Um, Moving on to football, we've got some new additions to the roster. Um, We'll start out with wide receiver transfer Demarion Houston, uh, most recently from Hutchinson Community College, but originally signed to Nebraska out of high school. Yeah, Demarion Houston, <clears throat> a little bit of an interesting add. Um, it seems like I, I can't honestly remember if he committed before or after J.J. Hester announced he was transferring. This does seem like um, kind of taking a flyer on a guy that hasn't really done a whole lot production-wise in his career but has the physical tools. to, um, to uh, He's shown he has potential, great speed, um, good length, um, like you said, he started off his career at Nebraska. And coming out of high school, he had some a lot of interest uh, from some big programs. Uh, you know, he had the, some offers from Texas, Alabama, and Auburn. Ended up at Nebraska. Um, didn't get a whole lot of playing time in Nebraska. Never saw the field. Never saw the field. And then he went to Hutchinson and uh, had, a, had a decent production there. Nothing, like, crazy. But, again, um, kind of taking a flyer on on some production on some uh potential Mm -hmm. and uh we'll see what he can do uh next on my list is josh landry defensive lineman transfer from baylor yeah um josh landry transferred you just said that uh transfer from baylor yeah Uh, that's all we know about him (laughs) no he's um on the defensive line i think he'll probably play tackle um, didn't see a whole lot of playing time at Baylor, and honestly, they had a they had a fantastic defense. So that doesn't worry me too much. Um, I think he'll probably see more playing time at Missouri, but I still think it he's mainly just for depth. Um, I think 
probably Robinson and Jernigan have the defensive tackle starting jobs locked up if I had to make a guess. That but sounds good to me. I still think that um, he'll he'll get some time kind of rotating in. He was a former four-star recruit out of high school, so clear to, clearly a, a talented guy who just wants to have more opportunity to play. Yeah, and, you know, having your depth pieces be f- former four-star recruits and, you know, he obviously was a part of a really good defensive Baylor. You know, I like having backups that uh, have some sort of pedigree like that. Um, next we have a defensive end transfer DJ Coleman from Jacksonville State, an FCS program. Yeah, this is kind of an interesting ad. Um, DJ Coleman, 6'6", 245, uh, most likely going to play defensive end and had a really productive career. I mean, you kind of have to be really productive to make a jump from FCS to SEC, but um, he definitely was productive in his time there. He led Jacksonville State in tackles for loss and sacks last year and was named second team All-American in FCS last year as well. So um, anytime you are you know, adding a transfer like this, it's pretty much unless something really really obscure happens they're most likely going to get a lot of playing time so you know Missouri has a lot of talent at defensive end uh, but a lot of those guys are young and kind of unproven so I I like this ad and kind of bring some experience and um, some productivity to the room I think is is a good idea yeah off the top of my head I feel like defensive end uh, would be sort of towards the bottom of the position groups on the defense going into next year but um, I don't know. Yeah. They could surprise me. I mean, I guess the defensive end is the position group that I maybe am uh, not expecting too much from. So there's room for improvement, room to surprise me for sure. Uh, that brings us to the biggest addition maybe of the entire offseason, um, at least transfer-wise. That is Jack Abraham, quarterback. <coughs> Uh, spent a few years at Southern Miss before transferring to Mississippi State, where he did not play, um, and now makes his way to Columbia as a walk-on, I believe, um, but with an opportunity to earn the starting job going into next season. Yeah, uh, what what a roller coaster this has been to <coughs> find another quarterback that will play at Missouri. And, you know, I still don't know that we're ever going to truly know what was going on with all the twists and turns of, of this search and having four or five guys even at one point where we were like thinking this, this might be the guy and then it wasn't. And just kind of trying to decipher what the recruiting pitch was um, and whether or not all of those guys got the same pitch. I, you know, I don't know that we'll ever know, but regardless, uh, Jack Abraham is a guy that has the chance to start and i don't know if i i don't think that he would have been told this job is yours i definitely don't think he would have gotten that pitch if if anyone else did i don't think that abraham got that pitch but i i don't think anybody did probably we'll get to that yeah so a good college experience um not super tall he's i think he's like six foot but he's pretty quick and move in the pocket um, can even scramble pretty well if he needs to. Mm-hmm. One thing I really like about him is his confidence in his wide receivers. He threw he threw a lot of 50-50 balls, and meaning that basically means this could go either way. I'm gonna throw it up and just let my wide receiver make a play on it. And you know we we have talked a lot in the past about 
Mizzou quarterbacks not doing that very well. And, you know, sometimes you're going to get intercepted. That's part of it. But I think you just have to challenge the defense sometimes and make them make a play. I think we would have loved – I mean, we talked about this in Kelly Bryant with Connor Bazelak. Just trust your wide receivers. Throw the ball up. Let them make a, let them make a play. And if you watch any film of Jack Abraham, he does that constantly. And he's just – Borderline to a fault. Almost, but, yeah. yeah. I don't even think that he necessarily – has a great arm i mean he can he can throw a deep ball but i wouldn't i would not say he has a cannon for an arm or right. anything like that but he plays like he does and he just is always unloading for those uh the big plays so he do, he had a nfl caliber wide receiver at southern miss and quez watkins who is very much a home run player even in the nfl he's kind of a big, the speed big play take the top off a of defense kind of player and they did that uh, they they did that a lot at southern miss so well, he's going to have weapons uh, at Mizzou if he is the starter. Um, but, yeah, to your point, we've been begging for quarterbacks to let the wide receiver go make a play on the ball for several seasons now. And um, last year it was like, what what's going on? Like, is this, is this play calling? It had to have been a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. And, obviously, Bazelak was injured part of the year. And uh, But, man, it was just like – why are we not letting a guy like Kiki Chisholm go up in these one-on-one situations and try to make a play? Yeah, this like six-six wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we'll ever really know. Well, maybe we will after this season when we see uh, what the offense does this year. But I would like to see a thirty for thirty on what happened behind the scenes with uh, Connor Bazelak and and Coach Drinkwitz um, and the the clear distrust that yeah. was going that was happening somewhere yeah that, that's i mean we've, we've talked about this quite a bit but the distrust in the play calling but yet the decision repeatedly to keep putting base like out there as the starter yeah like that was so bizarre to me uh we talked about it a lot last year but um i don't know this you mentioned it being a roller coaster and it really has been going all the way back to the first starting quarterback of the Drinkwitz era sean robinson uh you know them seeing enough from him in practice to put him out there as the starter and then uh him not performing Bazelak coming in and doing just fine but then not performing and they refuse to take him out Mm -hmm. and now obviously they the coaching staff has not been committed to Brady Cook being the starter this year um I, I don't know. It's hard to, at, from an outside point of view, you know, judge that situation too harshly. But I know a lot of fans are over this quarterback controversy. Unfortunately, there's we're not now. We know at least the pieces we're working with, and it's going to come down to fall practices and everything. But I have to imagine that if a guy like Bohannon, who ended up at USF, if he was told when he was in Columbia hey, this job is yours. We are looking for a starter to come in, start one season, and then pass the torch to uh, this kid Horn that we have coming in. I don't see Bohannon ending up at USF. And I still have to believe that Drinkwitz was not willing to, you know, uh, Jalen Daniels, JT Daniels, um, if if they're good enough to be told at another school, you know, the starting job's yours if you want it. Um, I just kind of have to believe that 
drink wasn't telling these transfers that and that's what they wanted to hear and obviously abraham doesn't need to hear that he has you know posted on social media and stuff that he's ready to come in and compete so uh, and obviously he is because he's not getting a scholarship right off the bat so he's game to come in and work hard from day one and i think this leaves the back door open for sam horn to potentially be the starter as soon as this coming season and I think that goes into Drinkwitz thinking on this, that he doesn't want to block Sam Horn from... He, he wants Sam Horn to know that he has a legitimate shot at the starting job. And if he told a player like Bohannon that it's his, mm-hmm. then if that gets back to Sam Horn, maybe maybe that relationship isn't as good as it could be. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it probably, but it's such a fascinating situation, and I don't think we'll ever know the the exact answers but yeah yeah i mean I, I my best guess for what happened and it's a complex situation clearly um especially it's, it's complex for coach Shinkwitz to have to manage it all and all the parties involved including the fans and and what um it's what they think of, of everything that's going on but it to me i think i just uh you know the plan was for basilac to be here long term i don't think that anybody expected him to transfer after this year because i mean things just went off the rails completely in a way that nobody could have ever seen coming. Like this time last year, we thought Basilac was the man for the next three, four seasons. Yeah, that's a good point. And everything that we had seen up to that point, there was no reason to think otherwise. And I don't think anybody, including Coach Shinkwood, saw this season going the way it did, or last season, I'm sorry, last season going the way it did. And I think it just shows because now, you know, know, Brady Cook, we all love him. He's, you know, he is talented. You have to be talented to even be on on a roster. But... I don't think that the plan was for Brady Cook to ever not be a backup quarterback, most likely. And um, now we're having to kind of figure out on the fly, like, like who's going to be the guy. And we also have this really talented quarterback coming in in Sam Horn. And how do I manage that situation from a recruiting standpoint and making sure that any promises are kept and all that? So um, I just think uh, maybe Coach Shink was, was looking for the best available player. I'm going to check in with, with JT Daniels. I'm going to check in with Jalen Daniels. And, you know, I can't, I can't tell them the job is theirs, but I can still let them know we're interested and we're still going to recruit them and see what happens. But obviously that pitch just wasn't enough to get them here if they're not guaranteed that starting job. So like you said, Abraham makes a lot of sense if he wasn't given that pitch that the job is his and he's going to be here for one year. It makes a lot of sense if he does win the job to be here for one year and then potentially pass the torch off to Sam Horn. Right. And, and, uh, you know, from his point of view, he was kind of, I'm sure he was looking at last year's, uh, trip to Mississippi state as like, okay, this is it. I'm going to play power five. I'm going to, uh, he's obviously got confidence in himself. I'm going to, you know, really show what I can do here and then maybe get a shot at the pros or something, Mm -hmm. you know, after a really nice season at Mississippi state, obviously that didn't happen. And it, when you try something like that and just don't play at all, then you're kind of in a bad spot, honestly, if you're trying to extend your football playing career. So I can see, totally see it from his perspective. It makes a lot of sense for him to get this opportunity at Missouri to come in with the weapons that they have mm-hmm. and, you know, have a decent shot at putting up some numbers and then we'll see what happens from there. Well, That's got to be an, his mindset. He had an injury or something too, right, that kind of prevented him from playing at right. Mississippi State even if he was good enough to win the job. Right, and then uh, their quarterback, Will Rogers, just kind of took over and they didn't, didn't really look back from there. Yeah. Yeah, that's a 
if you're trying to put up stats and make it to the NFL, that's a pretty good offense to play in because they Absolutely. don't run the ball. Yeah, yeah. It was going to be – I could see him, you know, putting up some pretty good numbers there. Maybe too many interceptions, but, yeah, the stats would have been there. Um, so how do you feel if, uh, if Jack Abraham is the starter week one for the Missouri Tigers – how how is how does that make you feel? Um, you know, I you know I think we all want to see Brady Cook win this job and go out there and win eight games. You know, I think we all want to see that. Um, I don't know if that's realistic, and if I if Jack Abraham wins the job, I'm not going to be shocked. Um, and honestly, I'm going to root for no matter who is playing quarterback. Obviously, but I mean, yes, I'd like to see Brady Cook win the job. But if Abraham is the one to do it, I'll. 100 percent support that yeah i can't disagree there it is interesting i mean that's one thing that it seems like drink has been knocking out of the park is his communication with the quarterbacks on the roster now because there's haven't been any rumors about transferring i mean all those relationships seem solid so that's something that you kind of always have to be worried about mm-hmm. but he seems to be navigating that really well well yeah i mean it seems like legitimately all of those guys, including Sam Horn, probably think that I have a chance to win the job yeah. right now. And that's how you want it to be. Right. And I don't think that that would be a lie either. Right. I, I think that legitimately all four of the guys, if you include Sam Horn, all four of those guys in the room could win the starting job at some degree. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, it is interesting, though. It seems like Brady Cook and Luther Burden and Dominic Lovett, they've been working out together off campus uh, they have the St. Louis connection. Um, so Yeah, I mean, there's definitely... I think Brady Cook has built a really good argument for himself to be the starter. He's been in the program for several years now. He's great relationships with the team. Seems like just a great guy all mm-hmm. around. Um, just a true son through and through. And so I think everybody wants to see him succeed. He's built a great rapport with everyone. Um he knows the playbook, but, you know, Jack Abraham has some great college experience. He has the chance to potentially make the offense a little more explosive. So they both kind of have things that are a little bit different from the other that, you know, could make for a good argument. But I agree with you, though. I think that Brady Cook, the best thing about him seems to be his relationships and everybody just including the players seemingly wanting to play with him yeah i mean you brought it up last year when he got a little bit of playing time that it looked like and this was true of tyler macon getting a little bit of run as well the players looked hyped up for those guys to be in the game and that does mean something yeah and that was kind of like my hot take theory was like <laughs> i mean i guess it's not crazy the quarterback's the leader of the team and yeah. it kind of seemed like the team was a little burnt out yeah. with just trying this over and over and over with Bazelak and it not working and Bazelak you know just his demeanor on the sideline is not not the hype man which is fine right. it doesn't right. have to be but it did seem like when Brady Cook was in there or Tyler Macon and making plays people were excited the team was really excited yeah and you know you got to wonder if after these relationships and stuff have been built if you just bring in a guy in the offseason and then he's the starter yep do you kind of end up in that same position where the whole team is kind of like, well, like really, yeah, you're gonna Brady Cook's here, ready Brady's to go, put yeah. put in all the work and all the relationships, and you're just gonna give it to this dude. Yeah, that kind of stuff always worries me as a fan. You know that it's like, but and especially I don't know. This is like classic as a Mizzou fan. You know the pessimistic thing is always at the front of my mind. But 
I don't know. I always feel like there's just like one domino away from like the entire anything that <laughs> good is fall. happening. Yeah, just completely falling apart. So I'm like, you know, hyper paranoid about all of these relationships being maintained and everything. Yeah, like it's my program or something. Well, <laughs> just bearing the weight of yes. like, like you're getting paid millions of dollars <laughs> to manage it, right? And you're just like having sleepless nights about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean. Especially in this modern day of college football, I mean, I think people—that's a legitimately thing. Especially with co- with quarterbacks, if uh, if they can sense that they are not going to win the starting job, they're out. Yeah. So it's it's a tough thing to manage. And we already know that uh, Brady Cook and Tyler Macon aren't aren't doing that. Right. I mean, they have had opportunities to get out of the program already, and they've stuck through. So we'll see what happens. Um, you know, I don't. I would love to see. Brady Cook in this offense with, you know, a full open playbook, being able to go out and make plays and have with the full confidence of the team and the coaching staff and everybody. And uh, that's maybe one benefit of Coach Drinkwitz keeping Bazelak out there so long last year is whoever the quarterback, the week one quarterback is this year, they're probably going to feel like they have the full support of everybody and they're not going to feel like you know, one bad game and they're going to be pulled mm-hmm. because he kind of showed last year he's willing to ride with his guy for an extended period of less than stellar play. Yeah. Maybe we'll do a little three quarterback system. <laughs> it's fairly common, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Lots of uh, successful programs run three starting quarterbacks. Yeah. And just well, not r- at the same time. No, no, no. Rotate them in and out <laughs> every other play. Every third play, you get to go in there and see what you got. Yeah. I don't know. Give me Brady Cook, but uh, if it's if it's Jack Abraham, I'm not gonna be too upset. I'll just have to roll with it. But I can definitely see some fans not being happy with that. Yeah, I, I definitely think if uh, Abraham goes in there and is mediocre, he will have a much shorter leash than Cook. From the coaches or from the fans? Well, that's a good question. Honestly, I was thinking from the fans, but we don't get to make any decisions. True. I mean, I think. Uh, Bazelak had a long-ish leash from the fans and still and ran out of it. Yeah. Yeah, that leash was incredibly long from yeah. the coaching staff. Right. Yeah, I don't know. From the coaching staff, from the coaching staff, I don't know. From the fans, I could see them getting cynical quick. Yes, absolutely. Agree. And I, I, it wouldn't take me very long, honestly, to be like, we're doing this again. Like, yeah. let's see what Brady can do. Yeah, you're pretty, sh- pretty short-tempered. <laughs> Is that a word? Short-tempered? Hot-tempered? No. Slow-tempered. Short-fused? I think all of the above. Impatient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're all unreasonable. Yeah, unre- yeah. Okay. Just yeah. in general. You're really unreasonable. Um, just no response. We've just really dissected that quarterback, quarterback controversy. Yeah. Is it a controversy? Is it controversial? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we got a we got a full on quarterback battle, man. Mm. So, uh, is that basically it for this week? Yeah. Except, give me. Uh, classic me gun to your head who's a starter i'm making a prediction yes day one <laughs> i uh, at tight end <laughs> day one starter at tight end <laughs> day one starter at quarterback prediction jack abraham okay i mean i don't know it's like i don't want to go off on this whole thing again but we just have the same conversation over <laughs> the coaching staff has shown no confidence i don't know they they want a starter to come in they want a starter yeah they do someone will have to start <laughs> Tell us in the comments who's going to start. Make your prediction, and then make and then let us know what you want to see. Are we sleeping on Tyler Macon? 
probably, but what if he's just the starter? That'd be that'd be, <laughs> that'd be a incredible. plot twist. Yeah. Uh, he's looked good though. Yeah. I'll take it. I don't know. I think uh, Cook working out with the wide receivers, the the who we think are going to be the top two wide receivers this season. Uh, in him working out with them in the off season, off time. campus together, they're going to form a bond. It'd be hard to break. Luther Burden gets what he wants. I hope so. That's Missou football. It's 22. <laughs> I, I, I mean, sign me up for that, honestly. Yeah. All right. Uh, special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above. Britt Treese, Brian Smith, Ryan Demore, Tristan, Ben Smith, Parker, Daddy JD, Lewis Hernandez, Tim Keens, and Tyler Harsel. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Um, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Definitely not iTunes. And you can find us on Twitter at Mizzou Sports Pod, and you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. You can find our t-shirts and stickers on our online shop, MissouriSportsPod.BigCartel.com. You can download the episode illegally on LimeWire. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week.